0: Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack.
1: Hello, theorists.
0: So today we're going to be going over the Commander Precons from Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, So we've got four new Precons, each with with an interesting theme, a couple tribal decks here. So we're going to jump right in. Um, But before we talk about those new Precons, we're going to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. With that, let's jump right into these. We're going to be going through these uh, one deck at a time rather than by color order, just because, you know, if you want the cards uh, that all support your horrors, then you're probably just going to buy the deck maybe rather than. And getting a bunch of singles. But let's start with the horror deck. Why not? Yeah. Uh and do you want to read off this first commander?
1: Yeah, sure. So <laughs> this first guy is uh Nagathrod. You know what? That's what I'm gonna do from now on. I, I've been like avoiding saying it in my head. And now and now we're here. So Captain Nagathrod is a five-mana commander, three blue-black. They are a horror pirate. uh, And they are a 3-6. So 3-6 for 5. And they have a bunch of lines of text. Horrors you control have menace. Whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. And at the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact or creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from from their library this turn. Put it onto the battlefield under your control. I think... This is actually a horror commander where Umbris kind of was a, a noob to <laughs> commander,
0: Yeah, you know? He's just kind of a Voltron guy, but this one uh definitely well, it certainly says the word horror multiple times. Uh the <laughs> my like feeling about this card is uh, there's there's not like huge power to cost ratios among horrors for the most part. Like, yeah, there's consuming aberration, whatever. But you know, if you're trying to fill out your deck with horrors, a lot of them, you know, maybe you'll get lucky and get like a, a three power evasive creature for three, maybe. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, it's just like not crazy efficient. And, um, especially given that you're only like, you know, milling one person at a time with your three power guy. Um, it's just like not the best way to mill a ton of cards and get the most um, selection when it comes to what you're going to be reanimating. And you're you're also on color for like blue, black. So you just have all these crazy efficient mill spells. And I think that might be just a better way to ensure you're hitting good targets. What do you think?
1: No, I think that's true. I mean, um, I think this follows the theme of the main set where they kind of toned down like the raw power of these cards. And like there, when you look at like the horrors that exist, there's no reason that this should cost like five over like four you know like horrors aren't known for their like hard hitting power and toughness and like combat prowess and stuff like that you know like it's a pretty uh flavorful tribe um it's usually just like how is this thing spooky um more so than like how big is this thing's power so i think again it's just kind of pushed into a casual space but i'm i'm kind of okay with it i mean we get Um, spoiler alert we have another uh, choice for this commander (laughs) for this deck Um, and I think if we didn't have that I'd be a little bit more upset but I think that someone's gonna see like a cephalid or not a cephalid but like a uh, mind flare pirate captain and freak out and have a
0: good pretty stoked about it
1: yeah so even though it doesn't like add a too much like it's unifying the tribe for somebody, and somebody's gonna be excited about it,
0: yeah, and it is like really flavorful, like horrors having menace, and like they're they're sort of doing sanity damage, that's all yeah, really, really cool text. I just wish it was like a little more efficient, and I wish that it put horrors or like made horrors more essential rather than allowing you to just shortcut to the the actual reward by just running like super efficient stuff like, you know, Ruin Crab or Glimpse the Unthinkable or Maddening Cacophony or or just like (laughs) all these ways to mill huge, huge amounts of cards off of multiple opponents for very, very little mana. And like, you know, if you build your Hyper Mill Captain Negathred deck uh, and play against somebody who's just doing like the horror tribal thing, it the... I think it's gonna work out a fair bit better for you than for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, but I guess we get, we did get the uh nudge nudge, we did get the other commander for this deck, which um each of the decks has a like kind of their own chooser that they introduced and their own background they introduced. Mm-hmm. Um there is an exclusion of a green background. So uh maybe someday <laughs> They'll print that. Um, Gavin Verhey did a whole episode of his like Good Morning Magic about it. Um, he said it'll like look for spaces for a green background to put somewhere sometime. Mm-hmm. But um, do you want me to read off this next guy,
0: I guess? Yeah, go for it.
1: Um, so this is Zelix Sanity Flare. They are a 2-3 horror for 3 mana, 2 and a blue. They have a flavor text ability. Hive mind whenever a player mills one or more creature cards you create a one one black horror creature token and tap uh, sorry one tap target player mills three cards Uh, and then they have choose a background so uh, I mean before we dig too far into that like I think that's pretty cool for a a horror commander but do you want me to read off the background that comes with the deck to make it a blue black list or do you want to get into this guy first
0: let, let's get into him first because I also want to discuss zelix in terms of the other um, backgrounds that exist. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it is notable like there are some backgrounds that support like a, a mill theme. Um, there is, for example, we've got uh, we've got Criminal Past, which Commander creatures you control have menace and tap. This creature gets or and uh, this creature gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. We also have Cloakwood Hermit. Uh, Commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step, if a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, create two tapped one one green squirrel creature tokens. Um, so both of these like give you some sort of reward for targeting yourself with this mill ability. Uh, and then also because your commander is milling, you know, yourself every single turn and, and making tokens, um, inspiring leader might also make sense. That's two and a white mm-hmm. for a background. Commander creatures you own have creature tokens you control get plus two plus two. So maybe if you have some way to untap the zealots, like inspiring leader gives you access to like drum bellower and white plume adventurer. So maybe you just mill yourself a bunch of times or, um, you know, of course, you can always run like mesmeric Orb and other efficient self-mill cards um, just as ways to ensure you're getting a whole bunch of these hive mind triggers and making a lot of horrors. So there's um, there's a couple interesting options for backgrounds that work well with Celix. But go ahead and read off the, the one that it's paired with and we can talk about this specific interaction.
1: Yeah, so the background you get in this deck is called Haunted One. Um it is a oh well and also uh all the backgrounds that we talked about in the Chooser's episode they're like rare to common. So you know the precon backgrounds uh when you see them because they're all mythics. So this is a mythic but doesn't really affect rarity, just kind of like as a marker in this case. Um it's a 3 mana background, it costs two and a black. It says commander creatures you own have whenever this creature becomes tapped it and other creatures you control that share a creature type with it each get plus two plus o oh, and gain undying until end of turn so that's kind of a doozy <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah this is uh well i guess we'll talk about we'll talk about this interaction first but i think this is the most interesting background out of all of them um mm-hmm. and i want to talk a lot about some of the other pairings for this background, but, but first Zellix specifically with this background, um, it, 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 certainly works well. Like your commander has a tap ability. So you're able to trigger the haunted one without, you know, risking him in combat. Um, because he makes tokens that share a type with him. You're basic. You're able to attack with a lot of three ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you do sort of lean into the horror, tribal with the rest of your deck and put a bunch of horrors in there. There are a couple good ones with like some useful e t. b triggers um and mm-hmm, yeah. you know it's it's not that hard to fit sack outlets into a black deck so I think there's there's opportunities to make use of the undying part of the card as well
1: yeah no i I think actually that's the the really interesting part of the card, which I think you're you're about to get into
0: <laughs> yes um. So talking a little bit about some of the other uses for this, basically it just unlocks a lot of different tribal decks um, in color combinations we haven't seen before maybe um, or sort of like batches that we haven't seen before. Like usually when you see a tribal deck, it only supports a single tribe. But because uh, this supports any creature that shares a type with your commander, if your commander has multiple types, then you have the opportunity to like, fit a a broader swath of cards into your deck. And for some of these uh, chooser commanders, that can be really powerful. Um, So one deck that seemed pretty good is like uh, using Will as your commander. uh, Will being the one in a red human warlock. Um, So humans is a really, really good tribe to include. Like they're just so ubiquitous. There's so many good ones that have been printed over the years warlocks is okay warlocks is just fine you don't honestly like the resulting deck doesn't lean too heavily on the warlocks but look the few that it runs are are good but just like black red humans uh and especially black red humans that you know get a significant power pump and also have this uh this undying ability is really interesting um there's uh, there's a lot of like value creatures that you can sacrifice uh, and then like bring them back and get more value using the Undying. Like you know you're on color for Necrotal Nightshade Assassin, um, Imperial Recruiter, Plague Crafter, just a lot of very powerful things. You have some uh, the the black of course gives you tons of good sack outlets. Um, I I think this is just really neat i love that it gives plus two plus oh that's a a pretty significant Mm -hmm. power boost yeah um uh, i think a a couple pieces of tech that are going to be useful in pretty much any haunted one deck um there's holdout settlement which is a land it taps for a colorless and you can tap it and tap an untapped creature you control to add one mana of any color uh similarly there's survivor's encampment which is the same thing but it's a desert Both of (laughs) those are just good ways to tap your commander to trigger the haunted one without risking your commander in combat. And also it allows you to do it, say, on your opponent's turn, like giving all your guys undying in response to a board wipe is really, really sweet. Um, uh, Similarly, like Springleaf Drum, Honor Worn Shaku, those are other ways to tap your commander at instant speed or, or whenever you need to. Without uh, and and like get some sort of advantage in the process, uh. So I've got a, a list for this like will and haunted one deck, but there's some other really sweet options for other tribes that can make use of this thanks to like yes choosers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's uh, Jahira. Jahira is the two in a green commander. She's a human elf druid. Um, I I love that the like half elf typing they've been doing is actually really relevant in some cases. Um, Oh yeah. And she also like lets your tokens tap for green mana, but like humans are a fantastic tribe. As I mentioned, Um, elves are a very, very good tribe. This deck gives you like access to a lot of very strong ones and um, you're just in good colors. Like black green is a strong color identity and there's there's a couple druids too if for those who are <laughs> big fans um but yeah like this deck doesn't it doesn't like attack as much i feel i mean there's some good token generators but like you're you're more tapping your tokens for mana i think um that there are a lot of good sack outlets and like value creatures in this color identity you know rec- uh giving your reclamation sage undying and sacrificing it is pretty sweet. Same with like masked Vandal or uh druid of purification is a nice one. So there's some good value there. And also like creatures that ETB and make a bunch of tokens, like deep forest hermit. That's pretty sweet as well. Like you, cause all those squirrels you're making then have the ability to tap for mana. Thanks to your commander. A lot of cool stuff going on. Mm. and.
1: <laughs> No, Uh, yeah, I mean this. Like you said, this. I think this is the one that like has like the most implications for the choosers that exist. Like, there's so much like build around potential with this one.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't want to spend too much time on it because we could really talk about this all day. But I uh, would strongly recommend folks just like flip through the choosers. There's only like 32 of them. And just see if there's any, like, color identities or uh, creature types that really, you know, strike your fancy or, or catch your imagination. Like, two, I'll, like, very briefly mentioned two others that seemed pretty interesting. Like, Gut, True Soul Zealot. Um, mm-hmm. That was one I it, was going to say. <laughs> two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two in a red for a 2-2 Goblin Shaman. It has an ability. It doesn't matter. The, the main thing is, like, it's an alternative black red goblin commander that uh gives you you know gives you undying gives you a really significant power bonus that seems like a really interesting and potentially powerful combination um and then barakos party leader who i, I guess we'll, we'll talk more about him later and maybe mention um haunted one in that context but another one to keep an eye out for uh any, any last thoughts on haunted one.
1: Uh, no, just that, like, the ability to, like, pair it with, like, a ton of different creature types is, like, pretty cool. There's a pretty wide spectrum. There's even, like, snakes and, like, bears and and stuff. So you, you have kind of a pretty wide array of options to you. I would, like, really dig in if you're interested in this and see what you can find, have fun, um, and... Yeah, I think this one is a blast. I think this one was like a home run that's so cool. Um, but with that, I think we're in the main deck cards for the horror deck. Do you want me to read off the first one?
0: Sure, go for it.
1: Yeah, this one <laughs> this one I read wrong and I was like texting a bunch of friends, like, this is so cool. And then they're like, Zach, you no, that's not what it does. And I was like, damn it. Um <laughs> but this is Aboleth Spawn. This is a two three fish horror for three mana, two and a blue. It has flash. And it has Ward 2, and it has a probing telepathy, which is the flavor text on the ability that has whenever a creature entering the battlefield under an opponent's control causes a triggered ability of that creature to trigger, you may copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, uh, I mean, still Still fine. (laughs) But it was not as good as I thought it was. I thought it was just when a creature entered and triggered an ability, you copied it. It is not that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That kind of kills my interest in it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. there are some ways to trigger off of your opponent's creatures entering um, that could be sweet there. And unfortunately, and it doesn't even like trigger off of your opponent's permanence. That, yeah. aren't that that creature like it would be really nice to copy like your opponent's guardian project or great henge triggers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beast whisperer not, yeah well that's that's
1: sorry oh, that's a caster yeah whoops yeah.
0: <laughs> Um but un- yeah unfortunately outside of like the creature having the words enter the battlefield printed on it this isn't going to do a whole lot and i, I worry that that might be a little bit too narrow um mm-hmm. Like it depends on your meta. If you've got a lot of blink decks, um, definitely consider running it. A lot of you know reanimator decks often run a lot of ETB creatures, so your mileage may vary. Um, but I, I'm not going to be like going out of my way to jam this into decks because it seems a little conditional. Um, yeah, that's it, exactly. It inter- mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting that like this it sort of shows that they're moving away from just like posers that purely stop the thing from happening like torpor orb um, Mm -hmm. or like hushwing griff and they're doing more like okay you can do your thing but i get a little bit of value too it's kind of like how they're moving from like even mind sensor to architect of oakma
1: yeah no that that's um kind of uh, I think we, we've we seen that with a few cards like in the main set and we've seen it um, I think with the last few commander decks too that they put out there's been cards that kind of like instead of hosing your opponent completely they just like help you as well um, there's that one card that like when your opponent makes a token you also make a token which is like it was way cheaper but um, like it was way cheaper than like gather specimens but it, it doesn't you still both just have a token now, like your opponent still did what they were trying to do. Um, that's what this kind of reminds me of too. And like, it just seems very meta dependent. Like maybe, I don't know, as things progress and we get more like Eros and uh, just insane creatures with enter the battlefield triggers are like in every deck or whatever, this becomes like a lot better. But for now, like if your meta is not, Not really playing a lot of like really insane ETBs. I would just not worry about this for now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I read off this next one? Yeah, go for it. So this is called, uh, well, it is an enchantment. It's an aura called Endless Evil. Uh, It costs three mana, two and a blue. So it's not a black card. Um, And it says, Enchanted Creature you control at the beginning of your upkeep. Create a token that's a copy of Enchanted Creature. Except the token is a one one when an enchanted creature dies, if that creature was a horror, return endless evil to its owner's hand. so it kind of does the rancor thing like if the creature dies, this comes back, so that if you care about like aura stuff, that's kind of cool. Well, it um, is a
0: little narrow because like the creature does have to be a horror.
1: oh yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> that is true. um, but like other than that, like this just seems pretty. Pretty slow, you know.
0: It, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a lot cheaper than Followed Footsteps, which is like one of the last. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess there was also that um, that clone in the the latest Innistrad block. That oh um, yeah, the
1: mirror something. That, yeah, Mirror mm-hmm. Hall Mimic.
0: I think that mm-hmm. that sort of flips into a uh, Followed Footsteps. Yes. Um. So it's it's cheaper than that, and if you like, just purely care about getting the sure or like getting the effect of the card and not the size and like maybe you put this on a kega or like a sakashima uh
1: Mm 2.0 yeah i think that that is a pretty good way to do it like the the fact that you get a copy but it's still a legend means that like your um kega Kega dies immediately yeah steal something what's the new the new blue dragon would do the same thing
0: uh, so the new blue dragon, I can't remember her name, but she's really cool. Up to two instant and/or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand, and and or what's the other ability? Bounce like a bunch of permanents with total mana value six.
1: Oh, Kyrie, mm-hmm. yeah, total, so yeah. you can bounce six MV of stuff or mill someone, return some spells to your hand. So that doesn't seem bad there either. Um. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm good to move on if you are.
0: (laughs) Sure. Uh, next card is Grell Philosopher. It is two and a blue for a one four creature human wizard, or sorry, horror wizard. Uh, it has aberrant tinkering. When Grell Philosopher enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, each horror you control gains all activated abilities of target artifact and opponent controls until end of turn. You may spend blue mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. So I think, like most, yeah, yeah, maybe it'll make all your guys like mind slavers or something. But most of the time, it's going to make all your horrors mana rocks. And honestly, that seems pretty good, um, especially if you're using the the token maker commander in this set. Um, mm-hmm. Just being able to tap all your crappy one one horrors. For mana seems really good. You can also like tap your commander um for mana and then trigger your your haunted one if for some reason you didn't want to mill that turn. Uh, so this just seems like a good card. I think that like in most games, at least one opponent will have one mana rock.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a horror tribal card, so um that's kind yes. of where you're gonna <laughs> put it it's it's uh a very interesting i mean i actually do like the ability like giving a bunch of creatures the ability of like the thing you like the most like the artifact you like the most is like pretty interesting um it feels weird and the funny brain guy that is a grail is uh it it just kind of the card fits together really well even if it's like incredibly narrow (laughs) you know like like i'm not even able really to jam this into a ton of decks it it just like i guess it gives itself the ability so like if you want a three mana uh guy that taps for mana <laughs> in yeah. a blue deck then this will work there too but um yeah this is like i'm not super uh, it's not a bad card i'm just not super pumped about it it, it goes exactly like one place in my opinion right now
0: yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. We probably shouldn't spend too much time on the cards that like are printed specifically for these decks and won't go anywhere else. Yeah,
1: because uh, I mean, do you do you agree with that though? Like, th- th- maybe there'll be like some funny niche case that someone finds, but like,
0: oh yeah, this I wouldn't probably... run this outside of horror tribal.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of cards, I wouldn't run outside of horror tribal. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Next, we have psionic ritual for blue blue for a sorcery. It has replicate tap an untapped horror you control and basically that means when you cast it you can pay the replicate cost any number of times and when you do you can copy it for each time you paid that cost Uh, so the and then the actual effect of the card is exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard and copy it you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost exile psionic ritual so if you have a bunch of horrors, you can play tons of spells out of your opponent's graveyards. Uh, what what do you think about this card in the one deck it is clearly printed for?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you are playing uh, Zelix with um any amount of mill, uh, you're gonna have some creatures like that's actually a pretty decent amount of value. Like I tap a one one for a sp- free spell any day even if it's just like an opt or like a brainstorm or mm-hmm. something but the fact that i could hit like all of them potentially or like five or six of them with this spell seems pretty good so like within the horror deck like excellent great like very exciting i don't i don't know maybe everything tribal <laughs> but i don't really think you want a spell generating spell in everything tribal i think you want to like buff buff your team <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. More.
0: Like, like both of the, the horror commanders in this deck um have like a mill component to them. So, you know, like everything tribal just might whiff if your opponent, you know, isn't like going ham on on casting a bunch of cards.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think this is like like very cool, very excited for this card. Um goes one place as far mm-hmm. as like I'm concerned. Like again, I'm I'm not trying to discount like some niche like cool idea someone has that like to put this somewhere. Like definitely like if you have a deck where you're like, oh this is really cool and it's not a horror deck, uh like specifically, like, let me know. Very excited to hear about it. But like I think for ninety nine point like eight percent of all people, this is just gonna be a card in their horror deck and that's fine. You know? That's okay. That deck didn't really have a lot to unify it until this deck came out, so Mm -hmm. It's okay with me. Um, Can I read off the next card?
0: Yes, go for it.
1: Yeah, so this is Brain Stealer Dragon. This is a 6-6 Dragon Horror for 7 mana, 5 black black. It has flying, and it says, At the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of each opponent's library. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast it and whenever a non-land permanent an opponent controls enters the battlefield under your control, they lose life equal to its mana value. So, um, uh, <laughs> this is just a doozy <laughs> of, a, of a card. It's a lot, if, if you can keep it alive till your end step, it's like uh, a lot of card draw, like but just from everybody. Um, the last line is kind of like, flavor text trinket text like it's not gonna not matter but it's not really the reason to like play the card necessarily you know um but i mean this seems this seems fine to me like it's a dragon uh it's a dragon that draws you cards it's a horror um it's it's whatever
0: (laughs) i I mean it it's pretty darn expensive like 7 mana is a lot and we we just saw I mean we just had a whole mythic cycle of like dragons that actually are worth their exorbitant mana costs. Yeah. Um so I ooh I don't know. I don't want to be like too nice to this guy cuz it is just <laughs> like you draw you know, you sort of draw three cards per turn um but that compared to, like, you know, I hit you with my uh, ancient copper dragon and make 10 mm-hmm. treasures or I hit you with this, whatever the blue dragon is and draw 10 draw cards. 10 cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think, like, I, I would want to be running him in a deck that could cheat his mana cost somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, like, do, like, do you really want to drop this in for Kalia? just to draw three cards a turn when you could be doing so much more
1: that mm-hmm. I mean for me, this card seems like uh, a card to put in like uh Tasha or something like that, or you're going to have other cards to like that want to do this. Cause if you don't okay. like want to do this, then like it, I mean, we've talked before we talked when we were talking about Tasha about how, um, it's probably just better to draw your own card. <laughs> like a mm-hmm. uh, shared fate is a fun card, but there's a reason it's not like a tournament staple, you know? Uh, I mean, it was there was a tournament deck a long time ago. Don't add me about it, but um, like shared fate drawing from each other's decks is like, the whole point is that you kind of stop getting to do the thing you're trying to do. So like this, where the whole point is drawing from other people's decks is like, it's fine. You're going to get gas. You're going to be able to keep playing but like your whole strat, like imagine putting this in a, the air dragon, like, do you really want, okay, so it's a six mana, six, six flyer. And then like, do you really want to cast the random card off the top of your opponent's library? or Do you want to cast another cool dragon that Mm -hmm. you're going to draw, you know, like, like that's kind of the whole tension behind this card. So it's, it's fine. It's definitely like a splashy, big black dragon, um, and he's got tentacles, so that's cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the art is sweet. It's yeah, a cool concept. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to get on to the next guy?
0: Yeah, I, this one I'm much more interested in. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, from the catacombs is three black black for a sorcery. Return target creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. You take the initiative, and then escape three black, black exile, five other cards from your graveyard. So I, you know, if it weren't for the escape ability, like I would totally write this off. Like it's just, Oh, bad beacon of unrest. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, the fact that this is active from your graveyard is really, really crucial for self mill decks. Um, that you could just, if you have some way to mill most or all of your library, and you hit this you can then cast it it's just like a free card and then gets you know if you got no cards in library you could put your thassa's oracle onto the battlefield or just some other super powerful creature that you're only paying 5 mana for uh this seems really really sweet in in those types of lists
1: yeah this is a card that like years ago like when we started playing commander like i tried to play dread return in a lot of decks because like it did this too basically like it uh you could mill it and then you could cast it from your graveyard but like the cost like sacking three things is like pretty steep for like a normal deck to to do especially like back then when the format was slower and uh you kind of needed more setup um and i ended up cutting it because of that reason like a a ton of times so, like, if this had existed back then, I, I I don't think I would have had a deck without it in it. <laughs> like, I had so many Graveyard decks, um, and this uh, basically does exactly what you said. And it's just a reanimation spell that you can cast over and over and over again, uh, assuming you can feed it. And that's great for me. Um, notable, uh, if you flicker your creature with the counter on it, um, you get to keep it. So, like, it'll go to exile and then come back without the counter on it so that's a way to save this uh the the only other thing i wanted to say about this was like this is actually like a fun initiative card (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like you could just cast this from your hand for five reanimate something and like start the initiative for the game and like that seems actually really fun so excited that they put that on a card i wanted to cast anyway
0: yep uh are you ready to move on to the next one
1: yeah and this is the last one for the horrors deck the last new card um, I actually don't know necessarily. Uchulon, is that? Yeah, how you...
0: that, that's what I've, how I've been thinking about it.
1: All right. So Uchulon is a star for crab ooze horror for four mana, three in a black. So Uchulon's power is equal to the number of crabs, oozes, and horrors you control. Um, what a batch. And horrific symbiosis at the beginning of your end step. Exile up to one target creature card from an opponent's graveyard. If you do create a token that's a copy of Uchulon, <laughs> so um, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, if you just want a guy with a lot of power, if you can populate, if you can feed into the Uchulon ooze crabs and horrors theme like in the the horrors deck this is going to be pretty big and it's gonna like make more of itself to make them big so like if you are using like um captain uh, nagathrod you're actually going to be able to mill some people but like it's just like a it's just kind of a, a beat stick you know and it's the beginning of your end step so like once a turn you can get another one so um as funny as the card is as like much as i do like the card as like a person i don't think i'm gonna play this card
0: Mm -hmm. yeah uh it has that like potential for exponential growth but it it's just so slow to get there Mm -hmm. uh that i'm not super into it i i don't i wouldn't even be like super crazy about running this in the horror deck i mean i guess it's fine like it it'll probably beat for four or more and make copies mm-hmm. of itself, but yeah, yeah not, I think, not I think super it's compelling.
1: That. Yeah, the the one thing about it is like, this really makes me wish that either we got a black card with Populate or there was like a partner with Populate somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be like a great candidate for both of those because like populating the just funny tokens in different colors would be really fun, but. Um, it's pretty hard to, I don't know. It's not like I really want to like followed footsteps this in particular (laughs) or something, you know, like I feel like there's just more bang for my buck I could get. So, um, if you are okay, we are in the gruel deck, the red green deck. Um, do you want to read off this, this first commander?
0: Okay. This is Faldorn Dreadwolf herald. 1 red green for a 3/3 three, three legendary creature human druid whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land enters the battlefield under your control from exile create a 2/2 two, two green wolf creature token and she also has one tap discard a card exile the top card of your library you may play it this turn what what are your thoughts on Faldorn
1: um well I, I actually really like that um they're rewarding impulse draw like this um i think it's really cool i think she's really weird (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i think if you are going to be just using her to activate her ability then like you're kind of doing it wrong it's a pretty bad rate for like drawing a card or exiling a card there's a, a you could just reckless impulse or like any of the red enchantments that like exile a card from the top of your library at the beginning of your turn. Um, there's artifact there. There's like a ton of good ways to do this. So I I guess you could use her as like a discard outlet for like the some things, which I actually, I think you have a point about if you want to get into that. Yeah.
0: It's worth noting that, uh, madness cards are cast from exile. So her being a discard outlet is actually pretty sweet. Like you can discard a madness card, cast it, trigger her, and then, you know, you get to exile a top card with the, the effect of that ability and mm-hmm. get another, you can do that and get another wolf.
1: Yeah. And and it's, it is cool. Like having a discard outlet in the command zone is like never bad too. Like there's just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff and like play you can have with like being able to pitch whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, Like the classic, like you can put brawn or like anger in your graveyard so you get trample or haste or something like that you can put gaia in there uh or not um uh genesis that's what i'm thinking of <laughs> mm-hmm. and all all the classics um so i think this deck is like really cool um you get a lot of stuff it'll make a lot of wolves um it honestly to me like it feels like a more fair prosper or like instead of like Going off and going crazy with like chaining spells together, you're like get a bunch of wolves every turn uh, for casting spells that are normally kind of like too weak for commander. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty into that. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder to make use of creature tokens than treasure tokens. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: it, yes the... and no. They're just it, yeah, yeah. It's, you're yeah. Right. You, they're funneled in different directions, right? Like, like it, in Prosper, like I've seen. Like your Prosper deck, I've seen other Prosper decks that just like chain like you you might cast like six or seven spells in a turn. Um mm-hmm. I don't think you're gonna do that too much with Faldorn, but you are gonna have a lot of wolves. <laughs> like yeah. it's just and, and yeah.
0: There are some neat things you can do that, of course, like in a green color identity, you on color for um you're on color for Tusky, you're on color for uh, Oran Frostfang. And then because you're red green, you are on colour for Tovalar, the the werewolf tribal commander who also triggers off of wolves. Um so that is is pretty sweet. Gives you an additional source of card advantage. Um so there, there's some cool things going on. You're you're in red, you can run like shared animosity, like there's some decent uh ways to pump up your guys once mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of wolves, beastmasters engine and such. Yeah. So
1: overall i think there's like a lot of cool stuff you can do with this this like reminds me a lot of like what my funny mina and den list kind of like is like i feel like it'll play some similar cards that because you just want to discard them and stuff like that <laughs> so mm-hmm. i think it's cool i'm i really like feldorn um and it's cool that they branched out like this for the gruel deck you know like gruel is kind of a a one trick pony for the most part when it comes to like the commanders uh, that it has access to right now. Like there's a few notable like exceptions to that, but like for the most part, Gruul does Gruul things, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So it's cool to see a commander that kind of plays into like new space for the color. I really like that. It's really cool to see. Hmm. um do you want to move on to the the i guess we'll do it kind of like last time this is the the chooser the other uh commander for the deck and then we'll Uh, we'll talk about the background after
0: that sounds good so this is Durnin of the yawning portal three and a green for a three three legendary creature human warrior whenever Durnin attacks look at the top four cards of your library you may exile a creature card from among them put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order for as long as that card remains exiled, you may cast it. That spell has undaunted, which means it costs one less to cast for each opponent. And then choose a background. So uh what what are you thinking of in terms of like backgrounds to pair this guy with?
1: I mean, there there's a lot going on here. So first off, he's a 3-3 a three, three, for four that has to attack to like do his thing. <laughs> so <laughs> That's really going to inform, like, what I'm going to pair him with. I mean, honestly, like, I really liked the Agent of Shadows Thieves that, like, gives him indestructible, so, like, he doesn't have to die. The um, Sword Coast Sailor doesn't have to die. There's the other one, the, uh, oh, maybe you can remind me, maybe I'm not thinking of the right one, the black one that gives menace. What's that one called? Criminal Past. Uh, Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to die. Cultist of the Absolute, if you can, like, keep feeding it. So like there's a few of them that like make it really easy to get in there to trigger the ability and that was like where my mind went first.
0: Yeah, overall like it doesn't seem like Durnan gives you a lot of build around. Um so it's other than like picking a background for colors. Yeah, uh, I don't know, there's not a lot of Great opportunities for synergy. Um yeah. except, <laughs> w- with the exception of the the background he becomes he comes paired with. Um do you want to read this one off?
1: Yeah. So this is Passionate Archaeologist. Uh it is a two-mana background, one in a red. Uh and it says commander creatures you own have whenever you cast a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. Um so, you are gonna have a lot of things in this deck that, like, like Impulse Draw, like we said. Um, that's going to mean that Durnan is able to kind of clear the way. <laughs> um, oh, never mind. It's the yeah. It's opponent. only opponents. Yeah. yeah. So even then, like, he's not. Hmm. Hmm. Not a lot of synergy there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This I don't love this. Uh, this alternate commander setup as much as Faldorn. i think Faldorn's a little bit easier to work with yeah um and like passionate archaeologist as a background is just way way less interesting to me than haunted one like haunted one like you know there's there's so many possible decks there's so much potential uh there's a lot of new archetypes being added to the format but like passionate archaeologists like other than durnan like what other chooser do you really want to pair this with like maybe <laughs> uh maybe the what's her face the um the one who adds mana that can't be used to cast spells from your hand uh, oh yeah <laughs> val candle keep researcher mm-hmm. but overall there's just like a not there's very few uh choosers that like n- are naturally doing things that'll trigger this card so it seems like a really narrow background and i don't i don't like it as much as uh some of the other ones in these decks
1: Mm -hmm. i I like it with like uh if you want to keep this theme honestly i think like jahira would be a better pairing because like that one gives the tokens you control have add a green at least in that like bare minimum like you'd be able to like use your creatures for mana to fund the spells that you're exiling with the rest of your deck. So it's kind of like an AB type thing. You, you want exile spells and you want spells that make tokens. Um, but that actually seems like fun to me, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. as opposed to like what is going on right here with these two. Um, it definitely gives like, uh, no, I don't really want to say too much more. There's like, just like not a lot going on here. So I, I think it's cool that they have like a reward for exiling spells like this. Um I think a lot of people like um Vile Smasher for they'll probably like the same they'll okay. This is what I'm trying to say. People will probably like passionate archaeologist for the same reason they like Vile Smasher, where like they get to just like dome people and they cast big spells. Um and I'm happy for them. Uh but I don't know how often I'm gonna join them in that endeavor especially with durnan as like the uh the main guy you know
0: yeah and i i mean you can run this in the main deck of like prosper like run passionate archaeologist in the main deck of prosper but i don't know if i love that like uh that sort of like overtime win condition like oh you know i'm gonna cast five spells this turn and and Three spells next turn and I'll, I'll whittle you down. Like the win conditions that already exist for Prosper are just a lot faster and they don't like telegraph what you're doing as much. Like, you know, if you drop a, a Marionette master in a Prosper deck, you just kill everyone. You just win the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like Revel in Riches, okay uh Revel in Riches gives your opponents one turn to stop you before you win the game. Uh passionate archaeologist is just I'm it's gonna take many many turns of doing this to to kill your opponents
1: yeah (laughs) this is really not much i have to say about it i guess can i get into the next the next card
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um so this is delayed blast fireball a like classic D &D augmented (laughs) spell um and so what did they do this time so it's an instant it's red costs one red red Uh, It says delayed blast fireball deals two damage to each opponent and each creature they control. Uh, If this spell was cast from exile, it deals five damage to each opponent and each creature uh, they control instead. So it's either like an instant speed pyroclasm or like an instant speed, like burning down the house. How might you cast it from exile? Well, it has foretell. So foretell just as a reminder on your turn at any point in your turn, uh, even in the middle of combat or whatever, you can pay two generic mana to exile this card face down and foretell it. Uh, and as long as it's foretold, you can cast it for its foretell cost later on. And this card's foretell cost is four red red. So it's either three mana, deal two to everything, or six mana, deal five to everything. If you can cheat on that exile clause, perhaps like uh, in in uh, the commander that we're going to talk about a lot with a lot of these cards, Prosper. Uh, or like a Bell Borka or something like that, or even the um the new uh red white Boris commander that when you attack everybody, I can't remember her name, Portia Porter Liara Porter. Oh, is Liara that
0: Liara Portier, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah. Uh like those are all good places for this spell because they kinda just get you to exile it anyway, so you can kind of cast it on the cheap. Get the big value, so I think this is cool. I think that alone is gonna mean that like this card sees play just because, like, enough commanders are gonna care about it that uh and can use it like effectively, you know, that mm-hmm. it'll be fun, it'll be cool.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't have a lot to add to it, so I'm happy to move on to the next card. Sure, uh, this is Nalfeshni. 5 and a red for a 4-6 creature beast demon with flying. Uh, whenever you cast a spell from exile, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. If it's a permanent spell, the copy gains haste. And at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice this permanent. So I, I don't have a ton to say about this. Like you, you would consider running this in the red decks that do a lot of impulse drawing. Um, it is... Really expensive, though, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's something you you tend to watch out for in in these impulse draw decks because the more expensive the card is, like the more likely you you're gonna uh, impulse draw it on a turn where you don't have enough mana to to cast it. So I wish this was like less powerful and cheaper it would get me like more. would make me more likely to run it in my decks how do you feel about it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean i i think it's kind of like a risk reward thing because like if you do ever land this and then start going off with prosper like you're going off with prosper Mm -hmm. right like like that's crazy but um there's gonna like you said there's just gonna be those times where you're like all right cast a spell like exile card all right cast a spell exile card all right oh now fish (laughs) me and like the whole chain is done and your turn kind of ends and all you kind of did was dirtle and like spin your wheels and you didn't get to the point where you can like interact with the board or whatever like that. So when, when it works, it's going to work like really good, but you gotta, you gotta be prepared for the times that it's not going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if we should even, I, I mean, the list is, we keep saying the list of commanders that you can run this in. So I think if you are seeing your commander and it runs impulse draw or wants to cast cards from exile, you put this in it. Um, I don't think we need to read them all off every single time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do yeah. This. let's keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. So this next card is green slime. It is a 2-2 two, two ooze for three mana, two and a green. It has flash. And it has, when green slime enters the battlefield, counter target activated or triggered ability from an artifact or enchantment source. If a permanent's ability was countered this way, destroy that permanent. Uh, and it also has foretell, uh, so you can exile it from your hand for two mana, and its foretell cost is green, so you can cast it for one green if it's foretold. Um, uh, this is funny, but... Eh. <laughs> i mean if i want to blow up an artifact or an enchantment i could cast naturalize for two mana you know
0: yeah this seems really narrow i I just hate that like you know you can't blow up something that's incredibly threatening but doesn't actually have an activated ability um i I don't want my my artifact enchantment removal to require and it to be activated to go off Mm -hmm. um so I, i wouldn't run this card.
1: No, I mean, so it's an ooze for your ooze deck, um, so when, if that happens, uh, it probably that deck will probably be green, so that's something to note. Um, if you can, like, make copies of it at instant speed, then it's, like, a repeatable thing, so, like, that might be a place that you want to do this, but, like, yeah, I agree, I think most decks just shouldn't run this. Um, mm-hmm. Which leads us to the next card. So this is Journey to the Lost City. It's an enchantment, and it costs 4 mana. So 3 and a green. So um, this is a doozy of a text box. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top 4 cards of your library, then roll a d20. On a 1-9, through nine, you may put a land card from among these cards onto the battlefield. On a 10-19, through 19, you create a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token, then put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. For each creature card among those cards, and on a nat twenty, you put all permanent cards exiled with journey to the lost city onto the battlefield, and then sacrifice it um I've been thinking about this card a lot, and i like i think I've landed on I do not like
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean i it it's it's possible to make a like a d20 card good but they i don't think r&d is very interested in doing that for the most part um like in this case the rewards it offers are inconsistent and they're very different like some decks would love to get maybe a wolf every turn like i'm thinking like maybe in tovalar or or possibly even in um uh oh what's the guy Tulsimir and with voja the the new one um but they're like half the time they're not going to get what they want um and like some decks would be happy like oh a land every upkeep that's that's pretty good but again half the time you're not going to get that so this card seems designed to frustrate
1: yeah i that's pretty much where i landed like i spent like a week thinking about this and was like okay if i get the land i could just exile like okay i get one land and then i exiled three things and they're just gone forever and that i was like okay that's pretty bad and then it was like okay i get a a wolf and i lost four things that seems bad and then it was like not 20 okay cool i get all the cards and then it sacrifices it's like (laughs) it just seemed like not good so um and it's not even like casting the spells, so it's not even like it's working with this commander, like the face commander very well, you know. So hmm. I'm just nah, I'm not into it. Um this next card is pretty pretty um large. <laughs> this is uh <laughs> uh Tin Kali Hunter, uh or Tlin Cali Hunter, I guess. I think Tlin yeah. Yes, it was very small on my screen. I apologize. Um so Tlin Kali Hunter is a scorpion scout for 7 mana but wait it has an adventure so it has retrieve prey is a sorcery for one and a green it's a, the adventure part of the card it says exile target creature card from your graveyard until your uh the end of your next turn you may cast that card so two mana like impulse draw a dead creature basically um and then the the big half the 7 mana part of him the scorpion scout part is a 7 7 for 7 with trample and says once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a creature spell you cast from exile. So if you can cheat this into play, that's great mana savings. And if you cannot do that, you're going to take a lot of turns before you make that mana back.
0: Yeah, like consider that Boundless Realms cost the same amount. Like, if you're really trying to ramp, like, if if you're spending turn seven trying to, like, ramp a lot, then I'd rather run something that is just, like, super hard to disrupt, uh, is, like, useful for casting all sorts of cards. Like, this is incredibly narrow in its application. Um, I, I don't know why this has to cost seven mana. This should be way, way, way cheaper. Like, this would be fair. At five mana. This would be fair at like. This would be. You could argue it's fair at four mana. Like, it's so hard to make this happen, especially in green. Like, there's not super crazy, like, foretell cards, right?
1: No, there's not any, like, super crazy foretell card. Like, the best green foretell card is arguably just the mammoth, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. the mythic mammoth, which is not, like, if you remember from us talking about it, we weren't super high on it. It's not like crazy value or whatever. So um, this is basically meant to like go into like this deck as like an addition to like a green impulse draw deck. And I think that they're playing it extremely safe, you know, like uh, I, I don't hate the retrieve prey part of the card. It's still like, decently expensive when you could just regrow the card and cast it at your leisure. Um, But like, yeah, just too much. So if you're okay with it, let's move on to the next card. That is a a little bit disappointing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I kind of feel the way that way about most of these green cards in this deck. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, So this, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. This is venture Forth. It is a green sorcery. Uh, It costs three and a green. It says, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a land card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Exile Venture Forth with three time counters on it. Uh, and you can suspend it for, uh, or it has suspend three for one on a green. So if you want, you can pay two, put it in exile with three time counters on it, uh, and it just kind of does it every few turns. So we had this with the, like, um, the refrains and crescendos from the um deck um that i cannot remember the names of them now um there's like the arc lasher the bounce spell from time spiral like there's a few of these cards that like exile themselves again with time caverners on them they like Mm -hmm. do their thing and go back and like that's cool but like at least in like Zephyr, you have paradox haze and like extra turn effects or uh fate spinner or whatever the the wizard that like gives you an extra upkeep and stuff like there's ways to like game it in blue but like in green i'm just kind of like hanging out (laughs) i don't i don't really see the point of this one i guess if you're playing like alondo um you can every time you like tap him it removes one of the counters and you so you could end up getting a lot of lands that way, but.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's actually probably the best use of this card, because um, if you're just casting this for value, it seems awful. Um, even in like, you know, the, the deck it comes in like. I yeah, it's cool that it can trigger my commander and get me a wolf, but it's it's just absolutely failing as a ramp card. Like compare this to like a nature's lore or a three visits you can get one, you you can ramp yourself one turn ahead for two mana in these colors. Um, and, and like how many times do you really expect this to go off in a game? Like if a if an average game lasts, I don't know, 10 turns, you can expect this to, and you suspend it on turn two, you can expect this to go off on turn five and then turn eight, and then the game is over before you've gotten more than two lands off of it. So if you're going to get max two lands, then why not just run a sky shroud claim and kind <laughs> of immediately and untapped and, and just so much better?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So again, like there's the one place maybe in the future there'll be more things that interact with time counters and then this becomes good. But for now, it's just, I'd leave it in the binder. So we have one more card for this deck. Uh, it's Saravox Tome. It is a four-mana artifact, uh, and it says when Saravox Tome enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. Uh, So already starting off (laughs) pretty good there. It says tap add colorless. If you have the initiative, add two colorless. So also, I mean, great starting off, you know. And then it says three-tap exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Activate only if you've completed a dungeon. So, I'm mean, all things considered, this is like, I think the best generic way to to do this if you want to play with the initiative because it comes down and it's immediately uh, Hedron Archive, and then assuming you can complete a dungeon, it becomes like a pretty good source of card advantage, <laughs> like whether you have the initiative or not. So, I think this is cool. I like this.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like um, like you said that in terms of net mana, this is the cheapest way to get the initiative and i think the initiative is fun and cool and there's a couple commanders that reward you for having it so uh i i am into this card i think we can move on to the next deck so this is another one i'm a little bit more excited for this yeah the so this is the party deck it's it's black white um we'll start with the first commander which is nalia de arnis uh, one white black for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature human rogue you may look at the top card of your library anytime you may cast cleric rogue warrior and wizard spells from the top of your library and at the beginning of combat on your turn if you have a full party put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and those creatures gain death touch until end of turn so uh looking at this i feel like the full party reward is kind of whatever um, yeah
1: as, as it typically is
0: <laughs> yeah uh so really like the the majority of this card's power is in always knowing what your top card is which is useful in itself um and then just you know you you probably will pick up one or two i mean maybe i guess on average maybe like one card a turn from casting off your top assuming that you're pretty good at manipulating your the top card of your library and there are some good ways to do that like weathered wayfarer fetch lands um, you can run you can run some self mill effects to just help you prune the top card a little bit um, and then of course you're, you're on color for a lot of very good creatures uh, that that meet the party requirements you've got timna you've got uh grim hireling uh uh, dark confidant just many like archivist of oakma there's there's just many 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 cards like it's not hard to fill out this deck with enough creatures that you know maybe 30 to 40 percent of the time you have a creature with the relevant ability or the relevant type on top of your library
1: yeah um If you are trying to, like, get a full party, the hardest thing to do for you is going to be getting Wizard into your list. Um, White Black has some Wizards. Some, like, notably pretty good ones, like Draineth Magistrate and stuff like that. But uh, that would be, like, the one that you're going to have to try for. If you want, like, all three of the other types, the Warriors, the the Rogues, or the Clerics, you are super good. You have, like, an embarrassment of riches. Like, it's Mm going to be hard to, like, cut good like rogue clerics and warriors from the deck so um i i love this i think this is like an adequate reward for a party commander you know like like oh i get to future site my deck if i built it correctly amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like super cool so uh do you want me to get into the the like subsequent the the chooser for the deck
0: yeah yeah go ahead
1: yeah, so this is Burakos Party Leader. Uh, this is an orc uh, for 4 mana, 3 and a black. They are a 2-4. Burakos Party Leader is also a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. When Burakos attacks, defending player loses X life, and you create X treasure tokens, where X is the number of creatures in your party, and you can choose a background. Um. So, yeah, how do you feel
0: about him? So, I like this... Um there I, I mean potentially getting four extra mana per turn is really powerful um in terms of backgrounds i'm thinking of so clan crafter uh is I, I guess we'll get into that with the next deck but it allows you to sacrifice your artifacts to draw cards so it's sort of like your treasures are also clues so that could be a good way to refill your hand once you've gotten a bunch of, once you've kind of cast everything out using all your treasures. Um If you, and also like clan crafter or any other blue background puts you on color for time sieve. And if your commander is producing, you know, up to four artifacts per turn, then time sieve becomes pretty, pretty attractive. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Agent of the Iron Throne lets you ping your opponents as you crack your treasure. Um, Guild Artisan is the one I'm I'm most interested in, though. So Guild Artisan, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, um, it's a red background and it's one in a red. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, create two treasure tokens. So if your commander is making, you know, four or, or less treasure tokens and Guild Artisan is making a bunch of treasure or is making two treasure tokens, um, that actually opens up some combo potential. So you could have like an aggravated assault out. And provided you're able to get in at each opponent. Uh, and so, so you're always able to like attack the player, the opponent with the most life. Then you just take infinite combat steps and win the game. Mm hmm.
2: Mm hmm.
0: And and even if like you're not doing it for infinite, even if it's like, oh, I'm only I only have two party members, like paying one mana per extra combat is pretty good. Like that yeah. can, <laughs> I, I think you won't be too unhappy with that. And and also like you're on color with Yield Artisan, you're on color for some of the other treasure synergies. Like you can run um Magda, you can run Zorn, you can just run um you can run Goldspan Dragon if that's in your budget. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about for Brockos. But um, what? tell, tell us about the background that he comes paired with in this deck.
1: Yeah, th- honestly, I, I like this background a lot. Um, So it's called Folk Hero. It is a two-mana background, one in white. It says, Commander creatures you own have whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Um so basically I mean it's it's the classic white once a turn thing. So not just once on your turn, once on every turn, which is um, if every white card draw spell had this, I would be just ecstatic <laughs> from here on out. Um it's great. It puts a little puzzle into your white decks. It makes like white main lion and its ilk a lot cooler and better, and they already were really cool. Um, not that white main line would trigger this guy if you were to pair him, but, um, basically like the fact that he has five creature types, uh, means that there's a lot of card draw that you're probably going to have if you choose to like pick him as your commander. Um, so in the deck, that's kind of what's going on. There's not a lot of ways to like do it. Um, on each opponent's turn, so you're probably going to just draw two cards a turn, which is, like, you know, not nothing. But if you are pairing this with, like, the other choosers, you have, like, a ton of options. Um, Being that it's, like, creature-centric and, like, flash-centric, like, blue-white is, like, pretty good <laughs> to go mm-hmm. into. Um, The blue choosers, like, there there's, like, a bunch of the I don't. You could pair this with most of the blue choosers, and you would have a relevant creature type, and like an ability that you could play off of, and it would be pretty good. the The worst one is Alora, Mary Thief, which is a halfling, but even she's a rogue. Um, so rogues have flash and stuff like that. So I guess actually amend that statement entirely. All the blue ones <laughs> have creature types that are relevant. Um. So that one's really good. Green has flash and all the green ones have like relevant creature types. Um it well actually that one actually doesn't. Aranus Gloomstalker is a halfling ranger, which is how many of those nothing. are there? Yeah. yeah, nothing. So yeah. yeah.
0: I, I did some digging like there, you know, there is flash on, on green creatures. There is flash on blue creatures. Um but and there, of course there's some decent cards with flash and in, in those colors but the tricky part is finding where there is a concentration of flash um so i i looking at the the blue commander that has the or the chooser commander that has the best uh like synergy with folk hero i was thinking like M O N mystic trickster because she's a human she's a rogue and she's a wizard oh cool um, yeah so lots of relevant types, uh, but even in that deck, the number of like good flash creatures was maybe like maybe like a dozen. So it's pretty good, but it's not going to be the majority of the cards in your deck. Um, so just something to keep that in mind. Like you can get a couple cards on your opponent's turns using this um, using this pairing, but the majority is still just going to be like I cast something on my own turn and I'm fine with that and I'll, I'll get it, a card refunded.
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's fine. And, and honestly, like, uh, just, a Phyrexian arena that doesn't take any life that just rewards you for doing what you're already doing for two mana in the command zone. <laughs> like, not the worst card you know <laughs> like there, there's a lot worse things that you could have so i'm
0: totally fine with this um yeah I, I do love how cheap it is like uh the pairings of like chooser and background where one curves into the other are so nice like it's it's feels so much better than like the awkward combinations where they both cost three and you gotta just to cast your commander you have to lose a little bit of tempo or, or um so I, I love full hero for that and i love. um jumping back briefly to like haunted one I love the will haunted one combo because I can cast a will on turn 2 I can cast haunted one on turn 3 like I'm online mm-hmm. at the start of turn 4
1: yeah it's 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 happening it's all coming together mhm um so this deck has like I think some of the craziest new cards in it so can I get into this first one yes please so this is deep gnome terramancer this is a 2/2 gnome wizard for two mana one and a wipe they have flash Uh nudge nudge. And they have Mold Earth, uh, which is great. It is whenever one or more lands enter the battlefield under an opponent's control without being played. You may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. Do this only once each turn. Um so you pretty much always get the first one. They rampant growth and you go, aha, you've triggered my deep gnome terramancer, and you get a land. And even if that was all this card was, I would still play it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is this is awesome. Like I don't think I've played a commander game. I wanna say ever, but I know that's not true. I would probably say like ninety something percent of all commander games I've ever played, someone casts like a cultivate or something. You know? Like there was at least a cultivate cast, if not more, if not like Sky Shroud claims circuitous routes, like whatever going on, so all of that like put together kind of leads me to thinking that this card is gonna be uh pretty useful,
0: yeah, i um I'm also pretty into this. I love that it searches for any planes rather than a basic planes, like a lot of the the white ramp oh yeah. oh, so nice. And <laughs> yeah and it's also just fantastic that um you can get the benefit even if you are the person going first which is like not true of even the better white ramp cards like Knight of the white orchid
1: yeah i love Knight of the white orchid but like
0: (laughs) every now and then you're like all right like
1: oh it's turn three and i went first and you're like do i just not play my land (laughs) like Feels bad. This is great. Love Deep Gnome terromancer Um so this next card is uh Harper Recruiter. This is a 3 1 human warrior for 3 mana, 2 and a white. They have flying. And whenever Harper Recruiter attacks, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a cleric card, a rogue card, a warrior card, and or a wizard card from among them. Put those cards into your hand, They put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um Honestly, like, if you are going hard on, like, the party thing and you have, like, 40-ish cards in your deck that could get picked up by Harper Recruiter, like, I don't think this is terrible, but there's also just, like, a lot of cards that draw cards that don't require you casting a 3-1 and then, like, letting it live and then attacking someone with it so Mm -hmm. i i think if you just want to keep this in your party deck like that's fine there's going to be times when you get the only go boingo prize and draw four cards basically off of it but like very 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 infrequently especially because like i said wizards are pretty hard to come by in white and black
0: yeah i think that like a three cost card that probably draws you at least one card a turn is it's fine. I'd keep it in. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if you were. Maybe if you were like. Nah, I was thinking like maybe everything tribal if you but like you don't even have that many changelings. Um,
1: yeah, so <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's funny.
0: Yeah, it's probably fine. Um, we can move on to the next card, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely a fine. OK, card. Uh, this is seasoned Dungeoneer. This is a 3-4 human warrior for 4 mana, 3 in a white. It says, when seasoned Dungeoneer enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. Cool, nice. Whenever you attack, target attacking cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard gains protection from creatures until end of turn. It explores. Um, so explore, just as a reminder for everybody. Uh, when a creature explores, you look at the top card of your library. If it is a land, you put it into your hand. If it is not a land, you may mill it. Uh... And if you hit a non-land, uh, whether you milled it or not, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on your creature. So I know those things are kind of disjointed, top of library and creature, but uh, the creature is exploring. That is what is triggering the like look at the top card thing. Um, so pretty good. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of exploring. I liked that mechanic a lot. Um, what do you it think about it? Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: It is nice in this deck because uh, it offers a little bit of top of library manipulation. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if you've got like exploring is especially good when you always know what your top card is, you can either get it into your hand if it's a land and then, you know, sort of get to re-roll on being able to cast the top card. Um, And if it's like, you know, not a land or a creature, then... You get to just get it out of the way, um, so it's a nice little bonus for this. For in this deck in particular, um, adding the initiative to a game is nice. I think it's fine. I, I would keep this in the deck, but I also wouldn't expect it to perform super good. I, I guess like, well, okay, I'll say this as well. Um, taking the initiative is also slightly better than normal in this deck because the first room of the Undercity is a shuffle effect, like you're searching for a basic land. So casting your commander, oh, top card sucks. Well, I'll cast Seasoned Dungeoneer, take the initiative, enter the Undercity, shuffle, maybe my next card is a little better.
1: hmm yeah. So I, I don't know, I kind of agree with you. I think this is just a cool card. Um, I think allowing like a gnarly creature of a party type to get in is pretty cool or like perhaps they have like a saboteur ability or something like that Um so I, I just yeah this guy's cool I'm I'm into it uh, also notable that um you can play this and then attack with the creature like this doesn't need to get in the red zone mm-hmm. it just kind of does its thing which is if it did have to attack I would be much much
0: lower on this card um, so oh. mm- one more thing I want to say about uh about this is so the first room of the initiative lets you shuffle, but one of the options for second room is scry two. So you can also uh you know, as you take the initiative and, and continue through the dungeon, you can also set up your explorer. Um or, or just like set up your top card so that you can cast it with your commander. So nice, nice synergy there. Uh yeah. I think the initiative is probably better in this deck than it is in most of the others.
1: Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Um so this next card, uh, I, I'm i not going to have much to say about it. It's called Stick Together. It is a white sorcery, three white white. It says each player chooses a party from among creatures they control, then sacrifices the rest. Uh, so if you couldn't guess, a party is uh, up to one of each, a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. Um, if you're missing one, that's fine. You can still go on a three-person adventure, you know. Uh, how do you feel about this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh well I this is the one deck I would run in and I guess uh oh I guess Linvala 3.0 yeah I'd run in there but um, yeah that's a me too or, or uh I guess Tazri there you go I'd run in Tazri sure
1: oh oh yeah that's true um I would, that deck is so categorized as like a combo deck in my head now that like I forgot it existed um so this next one is a doozy do you want me to read it and you can like get into it yeah. So this is Black Market Connections. This is a black enchantment. It costs two and a black. It says, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, choose one or more. So uh, sell contraband. Create a treasure token. You lose a life. Uh, buy information. Draw a card. You lose two life. Or hire a mercenary. Create a 3-2 colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling. You lose three life it's hard to imagine a world where they made this card stronger (laughs) than it
0: is. (laughs) Yeah, this is so, so good. Um, so I mean, you are paying a fair bit of life, but whatever, I don't really mind doing that. Um, so the, like the base case is three mana enchantment. You create a treasure token, lose one life. So it's sort of like a, a painful manalith. Um, I think you're going to be doing that pretty much every turn because the, the life cost is so low and, and that's, uh, yeah, that's like the base of what you'd expect out of it. I think you would also be activating, like buying information. Most turns. Uh, I I think that a card is worth more than two life. So this is still a good deal. And just like, just that on its own is really solid, but the last mode makes it i think essential for many tribal decks, maybe like most tribal decks with a black color identity yeah <laughs> um, like there's just so few good changeling token generators um and this fits into a lot i mean it just makes it fit into a lot of decks. there's a lot of decks out there that don't have good options for repeatable token generation in the relevant uh creature type. So, this is a super sweet card. I would hope that your deck has some way to recoup the life loss cuz it certainly would add up pretty quickly. Um, but I'm at least the the first two modes I'm happy to just pay the cost pretty much every turn.
1: Mhm. I mean, so I I love this like i have a willow dusk uh deck and i would honestly probably pay the six life every turn (laughs) for for all three things getting the treasure getting the card getting a three two that at bare minimum i could use willow dusk to make like a nine eight you know like really good (laughs) that's like pretty crazy so uh, it's crazy in that deck but like it's like you said like if you are running tribal like getting a 3-2 changeling like it's a changeling it's crazy Mm this you just every turn you can get one um so yeah definitely if you can gain the life back this is better but i think this is just a a fantastic card it's crazy how good they made this the it is one or more right so you do have to at least lose one life on your upkeep yes Uh, it looks like it it's just so much more value than like a uh phorexian arena you know like mm-hmm. same man of like value like so much more stuff um so i don't know can i get into this next card yep so we're we're almost done with this deck this is solemn doom guide uh this is a four five tiefling cleric they cost five mana three black black they have flying and each creature card in your graveyard that's a cleric rogue warrior and or wizard has unearth one and a black um i i actually think this is cool um i think the fact that like white has flicker and like like effects like that means that you can actually do some pretty crazy stuff with this um Mm -hmm. like without having to like stretch your game plan too far like i've been putting like ephemerate in more lists than i used to just because like it it's good (laughs) like it saves a creature you get an extra like etb um a lot of the good uh clerics and uh wizards and warriors and whatnot have like good etbs so um i think this is like cool and this is a cleric so it's party compliant as well um it's five mana so it's like probably going to be at the top of your curve but like what a what a curve topper like at bare minimum you spend a turn like you cast this and the next turn you're like three creatures are back like it's pretty pretty good <laughs> you know that's that's a lot of beef and or like triggers and or whatever so i i, I like this guy in the party deck
0: mm-hmm. it's man it's unfortunate that like unearth prevents death triggers because i yeah i want to run this in like aura um, oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's probably probably still good enough um but it would just be so sweet to be able to like unearth something, sacrifice it, get an aura trigger. Uh but yeah. Uh they they just can't let us have fun. Um
1: <laughs> No, Unearth like Unearth is like the one graveyard mechanic that has always like trolled me the most because I like know in my heart that it is good and worth it, and I've definitely played it in like competitive formats, but every time I'm like have to play it in commander i'm like man (laughs) i just i want my cake and i want to eat it too kind of thing and commander's the one format where i get to do that most of the time so when i when i have to unearth something it's like come on guys um do you want to get into the last card for this deck
0: yes uh so this is multi-class baldrick one mana for an artifact equipment equipped creature has lifelink if you control a cleric death touch if you control a rogue haste if you control a wizard or sorry haste if you control a warrior and flying if you control a wizard as long as you have a full party prevent all damage that would be dealt to equipped creature and as equip too. so what do you think about this card uh it's interesting but like some of these components i just don't care much about like for example like haste if you control a warrior I would never ever want to play if I was running this for the haste. Mm-hmm. Th- then I just wouldn't run this. Like there's so many <laughs> ways to give something haste for like one mana or mm-hmm. less. Like you've got your swiftfoot boots, your lightning greaves. You know, if you've got warriors anyway, then like maybe you'd run obsidian battle axe. Uh, there's just a lot of ways to not have to like. Equ- paying mana to a lot of mana to equip just to give haste it sucks It's terrible um, yeah
1: i mean the the one place that i thought of when i saw this uh, especially because the deck kind of naturally ends up running a lot of party creatures is odrick 2.0 the one that like gives your whole team a bunch of abilities mm-hmm. um because like this is giving abilities based on creature types so you're or,
0: like how many rogues and wizards are you gonna have in your uh Uh, I think you would
1: just, like, if you wanted to do that, you would just, like, shift things around. There's not a lot of wizards, but there's a lot of changelings, you know. There's some, or there's at least some decent changelings that I would still put in that list. um, That I would be more inclined to put in that list if I was going to put something like this in it. Um, So, I think that's, like, a fun... This is, like, fun tech for, like, that list. Um, The full party reward, as is tradition, is, like, not... Really good <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not good enough, so i I couldn't think of anywhere else I really would want to play this other than there like if a listener at home has like an idea, please tell us. but um, it seems too finicky to be really good was kind of how I felt about this.
0: I don't know I don't even know if I would be super stoked to run this in the party deck. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Just because, like, yeah. what am I? Why give
1: this one creature a bunch of things?
0: Yeah, like, like the deck doesn't seem like it. You know, doesn't have a bunch of pingers to care about the death touch. It doesn't have like a lot of drain effects well, to, or, or like so this life doesn't... triggers to care about that. I don't.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, this doesn't. So, like, the full party text obviously cares about having one of each. But like the first line of text, like, if you had a changeling, it would trigger all of them, right? Like the way it's worded yes okay so uh um, but do i
0: but am i still do i still care no i do i care
1: yeah i'm trying to think of like uh i didn't realize that i thought it was worded like the party thing so i guess i'll come back uh in our discord or twitter or something like that if i can find a commander that runs a lot of changelings and also wants four abilities <laughs> <laughs> i'll let everybody know but um yeah, I'm I'm kind of it's going to sit in my binder. This is what that's going to mm-hmm. do. Um so we're on the last deck now. Um and this one is blue red, so it's is it? Um can I read the the face commander? Yeah, go for it. So this is uh Furcrag Cunning Instigator. Uh, I think I said that right. Furcrag Craig Furcrag Cunning Instigator. <laughs> one one of those. Yeah, one of those. Uh so they are a dragon. Uh they have flying and haste. They cost 5 mana, so 3 blue red and they are a 3/3. Says whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent, goad target creature that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, if that creature had to attack this combat, you may put a +1/+1 plus one plus one counter on Crog, cunning instigator and you draw a card. Um So my first impression of this is, like, how many dragons am I going to have on the (laughs) battlefield at any Mm -hmm. point in time? Because, like, just if he's your only dragon, then you turn five, play him attack. Um, Someone's going to get goaded. He's going to get a counter. He's going to be a 4 4. You're going to draw a card. They're going to get hit, presumably, hopefully. Um, cool. You know, okay, so you drew. You're basically drawing two cards a turn and keeping the scariest thing off of your back for a while. Where do, I don't know. Like, where do the other dragons come? <laughs> the thing about this, too, is that we are getting more, like, low cost goad things. So, I mean, I would put pretty much all of them in this deck Mm -hmm. like if you like don't have like disrupt discorum and like all the like uh a card that i've actually been like really into from the last forgotten realm set is vengeful ancestor like it looked really like mediocre and like nothing um but it's a it's the three four flying spirit dragon for four two red red and when it enters the battlefield or attacks you go to creature and it has some other text that like literally doesn't matter but um that card has actually been really good for me. Fits really well into this deck. So if you cast that on turn four, cast Furcrog on turn five, you're goading two things. You could possibly be drawing multiple cards. So I think the goad is the way to go here, and the dragons are like the the icing on the cake is like my impression of this guy. Um, How yeah. do you feel about him?
0: No, I agree. I, I tried to do like the dragon route first, and, and the thing is like you want to get your dragons down before Furcrog, but... They're, I mean, dragons are—they're an iconic creature type. There's not a lot that are super cheap. They tend to be on the more expensive side. So, if you really lean into dragons, you just end up running like the crappiest cards imaginable. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're running like one three flyers for two for no reason
1: and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh no, worse than that. (laughs) Um, So, I, I think you're better off, like you said, just leaning into goad and not worrying too much about the the dragon component.
1: Yeah. And and I think if you do that, the deck is fine and fun. Grenzo Havoc Razor has just always been a good card and like gives you selection if you if you don't want the goad. Um I've been really into the Kominu battle armor from the the uh modified commander deck from Kamagawa. Uh it basically is like when it it's a two two menace um and you can reconfigure it for four. This one of those equipment creatures. Um that gives the creature plus two plus two in menace, but whenever it or the creature it's equipped to hits, like you go the whole board of mm-hmm. that player. Um, that's been really good for me because like, it's pretty easy to just be like, oh, you have one blocker because you attacked that person. Boom. <laughs> like your board is goaded. That happens so often. So I think this guy's fun. That's kind of like my, the, my last thought on this, but um, it's funny that they put dragon in the text box that's that's kind of where i'll end on it um yeah do you want to get into this next guy who uh you know may or may
0: not be related (laughs) in mechanics uh sure this is baloth baratil entertainer four and a red for a two five legendary creature elf shaman creatures your opponents control with power less than baloth baratil's power are goaded uh, whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token and choose a background. Uh so just looking at this guy, it it seems like the I mean the, the way to play him is just to protect him and then buff up his power as much as possible. And then you are kind of safe forever. Um and I guess you could, you know, potentially like run removal. So that you like kill attacking goaded creatures after they deal their combat damage and get like a a bonus on or like get some of your mana refunded in the form of a treasure token, but I don't know maybe that's totally unnecessary, and just like being immune to attack is is really all you need to worry about, and you can do whatever you want with the rest of your deck yeah um, <laughs> i i mean and- honestly i i I think that's a pretty good route to take it. <laughs> yeah uh in terms of like the background i would run i would kind of just go for anything that buffs his power really mm-hmm. um that's all that matters uh and and i guess if you want to you there's also a uh a background that he comes with you want to read that one off
1: yeah of course um so this is we mentioned it earlier but it is clan crafter uh it is a two mana enchantment background it costs uh one and a, a blue it says commander creatures you own have to sacrifice an artifact put a plus one plus one counter on this creature and draw a card so basically it makes like any artifact you have a clue uh and pumps your your commander so uh i think there is obvious synergy with uh bayloth here but um this is just good for pretty much anyone that is making like treasure or artifacts or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. if your chooser um is playing around in that space you're you got your ganax or uh i know there's another one makes artifacts or plays with them renari who i actually really like now has a bunch of artifacts in the deck like it's just Uh, good you know there's
0: the uh what's the name of the guy who makes Uh, safana makes treasure tokens if you oh there you go
1: yes there you go Mm -hmm. that's the one the black one i'm like i know one of these guys makes (laughs) but i can't remember um so uh, yeah i think this is a great background i think this is a good addition to like the roster um and i think the pliability of the backgrounds is at a point where like especially after these commander deck backgrounds have been inserted that like you can do a lot of really fun stuff. So, uh, like, regardless of how it plays in this deck, which I think will be good, um, I, I'm happy with all the backgrounds we got. I think they did a really good job, like, pointing them in the right direction. Um, is there anything you want to add? Anything about this deck? Or do you want to move on to the main deck cards?
0: Uh... I think we can go ahead and move on to the main deck cards. And we'll start off with one that's going to take me a while to read. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It is Artificer class. So it's one and a blue for an enchantment class. The first artifact spell you cast each turn costs one less to cast. Uh, And then you could pay one and a blue to level it up to level two. When this class becomes level two, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then you can pay five and a blue to level it up to level three. At the beginning of your end step, create a token that's a copy of target artifact you control. Well, how do you feel about this card? Because I have some reservations about mm. it.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing that I feel about it is that it's not an artifact, but like... It's mm-hmm. basically an Ethereum sculptor that draws me cards and like has a lot of upside. So I'm I'm higher on it than I am lower on it. Um I think that like it does enough that like if you put it in your artifact deck, it's fine, you know.
0: My yeah, my uh my issue with it is like relative to Ethereum sculptor or or something similar, um so it's not an artifact, that's a downside. And it's also only the first artifact spell you cast that costs one less to cast. So really like it's essentially adding one mana per turn that can only be spent on artifact spells. And if, if that's what I'm getting out of my true drop, then I think I'd rather just have like a two drop, uh, mana rock
2: Mm, that mm -hmm. would actually
0: like, you know, be relevant for the things that care about artifacts, uh, and, you know, potentially like adds mana for other spells. It, it does have the potential to draw a card but i don't know if that outweighs the i don't know if that outweighs the downside i don't know it it does like it's nice that it is also a mana sink and like the artifact decks mm-hmm. too tend to end up with a lot of mana available
1: yeah that, that's kind of how i feel about it I, I think i'm like it seems like you're on like we're both kind of on the fence and I'm on the higher side of the fence and you're on the other side of the fence uh, about it. Like yeah. I probably would try running this and be like, oh, all right. And if it was bad, cut it. And I I think you're just probably not, it sounds like you're probably going to start with it in the sideboard or whatever before mm-hmm. it's the main deck. But I, I think the upside is compelling enough that I would try it. If that makes sense. Like the, like you said, the artifact decks end up with a decent amount of mana. The amount of times I've had like three or four gilded lotuses (laughs) in play or something like that um, is a lot. And the six mana like level three on this is like fun, (laughs) very fair, very fun. Um, So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know if I'm like happy or sad that they didn't choose this card um but artifact decks have a lot going on so maybe it's fine <laughs> that, they, that they didn't make an auto include in the commander deck um oh my god then i the doozy of the next card do you want to do you want me to read it or do you want to read it how are you feeling
0: uh you can go ahead and read it
1: <laughs> so this is astral dragon uh you might already know what it does because the whole internet exploded when they released it or when they spoiled it um so it is a 4-4 flying dragon for eight mana yes eight mana six blue blue so what does it do uh it says uh project image when astral dragon enters the battlefield create two tokens that are copies of target non-creature permanent except they're 3-3 dragon creatures in addition to their other types and they have flying oh (laughs) (laughs) because so um, the possibilities are like literally infinite. If you can get this onto the battlefield, um okay okay, I they can make this an ETB, but they can't make the Meogens, the new myogens ETB. Like, I know, you know, I know. Whatever.
0: No sense at all.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't know. We just have to let it go. <sighs> I can't I I don't know if I will. Um so Astral Dragon, you I don't know. Even just within blue, let's say you have the very fun, cool, good card, uh Dance of Many. Mm-hmm. Um you know very good blue card two blue for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield you make a token copy of target creature on the battlefield uh and at the beginning of your upkeep you have to pay blue blue or sacrifice dance of many and if dance of many leaves the battlefield you have to uh sacrifice the token uh so if you astral dragon with a dance of many already out um you make Two three three dance of manys that are flying dragons that can make more astral dragons that can make more dance of manys that can make more astral dragons and then even if you don't have haste or anything like that and you can't pay all of the blue 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 for the upkeep costs you're still left with like a ton of astral dragon like you're still left with a bunch of tokens at like the end of it because some of the tokens you have to sacrifice and some of the tokens you don't Um. So, uh,
0: if you have some Mm -hmm. very sweet stuff in white color identities, um, yes, yeah. (laughs) So if you've got like Oblivion Ring or Journey to Nowhere or Parallax Wave, basically like any non-creature permanent that has that can exile something under itself, uh, then you can go infinite with that. So, like for example, with Journey to Nowhere. Uh, Journey to Nowhere is already on the battlefield. You play Astral Dragon, making two copies of Journey to Nowhere. Uh, one of them is going to target the Astral Dragon and sort of put it into exile. And the other one is going to target the, the second Journey to Nowhere that is now a 3-3 Dragon creature. So the the one that exiled Astral Dragon gets exiled by the other token. Astral Dragon returns to the battlefield. You get the ETB trigger again. And you just go through that loop as many times as you want. Um, So notably the, uh, so so you're going to get infinite ETB effects, infinite leaves the battlefield effects. Um, A bunch of three, three, bunch of three, three (laughs) dragons. dragons. Uh, So that's pretty sweet. also works with, like I said, O ring and um, parallax wave. Parallax wave can also, uh can also like blink all your stuff a whole bunch blink all your mm-hmm. other creatures a whole bunch there's uh, mm-hmm. just a lot of neat stuff going on there
1: yeah and this is like the surface like this is the top of the iceberg so there there's so many things you can do with this card that like if we went into it it would be like a 30 minute segment so <laughs> I, I the i think basically what we need to say about this card is like if you can get it onto the battlefield it will do a lot of work for you <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like if you can get around the eight mana requirement then um you you did it
0: you know um yeah oh and i i think um oh parallax wave I, I will mention that also like exiles all your opponent's creatures permanently because you have more control over when the exiling happens yeah you can you can
1: uh stack the triggers in your favor mm-hmm um yeah so i don't know astral dragon crazy great dragon great blue dragon um really cool card i don't know i'm glad this card exists it's really fun um so i guess can i read this next card off
0: yes go for it
1: so (laughs) this card is called mocking doppelganger uh it is a zero zero shapeshifter with flash for four mana three and a blue says you may have mocking doppelganger enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature an opponent controls except it has other creatures with the same name as this creature are goaded um so he might be going okay so like i go a creature well let me remind you of a funny card from conspiracy i think it was it was one of the conspiracies or was it i think it was um, the
0: second conspiracy so take yeah. the
1: crown there's a card called Spy Kit, um, and Spy Kit basically is an equipment that I, th- I think it buffs the creature a little bit. But equipped creature has the name of all non-legendary creatures. Um, basically, that's what it does. So, like, you equip Spy Kit to a creature; it also now has every name of every non-legendary creature in Magic. Um, not actually. I mean, there has been stuff. I I was really obsessed with Spy Kit when it came out, and like the things you could do with it were not very good. (laughs) This is actually good. This means every non-legendary creature your opponents control are goaded forever, as long as these two things are together. Um, So like a two-mana goad-everything-forever card uh, combo. That seems fun. I don't know. That seems fine. you know? Yeah, no. Pretty sweet little interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have much more to say. Is there anything you want to add? Uh,
0: I would just say it's like a little. It seems a little tricky to put that combo together. Um, oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, you are in blue, so you can like fabricate or whatever. You know, you yeah. Can you it could. It.
0: Uh, is it tribute mage? Yeah, one? yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: or uh, trophy mage?
0: I, I think trophy is three. I think is trophy is three. Two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Spike yeah. it costs two, right? Yes. Okay. Um, all right. I think we can move on to the next card, though. So this is bothersome. Quasit, mm-hmm. quasit. Yeah, I always uh, say
1: quasit, but... uh Quazit. I don't okay. know if that's correct. <laughs>
0: uh, that sounds fine. Uh, so, two and a red for a 3-2 creature demon with menace. Goaded creatures your opponent's control can't block. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, goad target creature and opponent controls. Um, well, certainly relevant for the goad decks. so I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about that. Um, it also is like... A really cheap demon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. thinking. I'm wondering, like, maybe Rakdos, the the coin flippy Rakdos, or perhaps like Raphael, the new. Uh, oh yeah, the new Lord that, of yeah. Of that the batches demons. together, demons, devils, imps, and tieflings. Mm-hmm. Um. But do do you have any any thoughts about the Quasit?
1: Um. Uh, I. So, I think the tech of goaded creatures your opponent's control can't block is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's actually like pretty good because um, you drop this cast a non-creature spell and now something else can get in there. And uh, it also... like, Let's say you are player A, there's player B, and then player C. So you have a bothersome Quasit. You cast opt you know who cares you cast faithless looting you um goad player c's creature now player b can get in and attack player c for free too so like it adds this like extra dimension of like combat like tomfoolery <laughs> like just like you just mess with the whole table even more than goad already was which i think is pretty cool so um that's all i really want to say about this i i really like this card i i I'm going to go on record. I mean, people who listen to this already know this. Like, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say it before, but like, I think Goat is great. Um, there's still only like 20 or 30 Goat cards in Magic. So, like, if we only get them in Commander decks like this, like, you know, whatever. I, I, but I hope they like start reprinting some of them <laughs> at some point, you know, like they did with Disrupt Decorum. So, um, this guy's really cool, but like, I hope we can find other places for for them to print the code cards um do you want me to get into the next card yes so this is death kiss um uh, so this is i think our first mono red beholder mm-hmm. i think the only red beholder um so this is a five five beholder for six mana five a ne- and red it says whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks one of your opponents double its power until end of turn Uh, It also has XX red for monstrosity X. So you can monstrous it for XX red. Uh, When death kiss becomes monstrous, goad up to X target creatures your opponents control. So um, you only do that one time, just as a reminder for like monstrosity. Uh, You pay, it's a pretty bad rate. Honestly, it's like five mana gets you two goads seven mana gets you three goads um and also like five mana makes this a seven 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 mana makes this an eight eight like not not awesome awesome and also it's just a five five i mean it has the fun double power text or whatever on it but like
0: i think that is like really the the meat of the card because like fiendish yeah. duo is really really effective at directing attacks uh, at your opponents mm-hmm. um and it caught co- like fiendish duo costs the same amount fiendish duo for those who aren't familiar with it is four red red for a devil with first strike it's a five five if a source would deal damage to an opponent it deals da- uh, double that damage to that player instead um so not a lot of players are, are running burns So really it's just like making combat scarier for your opponents um and i think in that respect this this card looks a whole lot like it mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i do like this for that i think like it's funny uh <laughs> i don't know six mana creatures are they have to like do a lot um, and I think like the subtle ways, like this card doesn't look like it's doing a lot, but I think it it will definitely affect the board. I like that it only buffs the power too, so that like you could maybe convince someone to get in with like a three two that shouldn't, you know, like because if mm-hmm. they don't block it, something bad happens or something like that. So yeah, I I I like Death Kiss. It's uh very silly it'll thing thing hit hard that's never bad um and we're we're getting close we're zeroing in on the end here so can i read off this next card
0: yes please
1: so this is loot dispute um this is a red enchantment for four mana three and a red says when loot dispute enters the battlefield you take the initiative and create a treasure token uh whenever you attack the player who had the initiative creates a treasure token and uh so loud ruckus is whenever you complete a dungeon, create a five-five red dragon creature token with flying. Um, so the joke here is like you're all fighting over the initiative, and then the dragon hears you and like <laughs> shows up in the dungeon because you weren't being quiet enough. Um, if uh, I don't know if you're the red doesn't have like a lot of good dungeon stuff, so I'm assuming like you're mostly completing the initiative with this card. It's funny. I don't know if I uh if I feel any other emotion towards this card. <laughs>
0: uh I I mean it okay, it introduces the initiative. Uh when it introduces the initiative, you get a land, so it like refunds a card. It refunds a mana. Um it gives you it's sort of like a it's sort of like a mana rock that draws you a card (laughs) is like imagine like four cost mana rock that taps to add one mana of any color and draws you a card when it enters the battlefield and and has the potential to do a little bit more because like you're as you progress through the dungeon would you play that card probably not right no I think it's still a little bit under value for four you know yeah okay that's unfortunate it's close though Uh,
1: yeah i now that you said it that way i like it a little more but i still think it's like kind of not quite there
0: (laughs) yeah if it cost one less i i think i would go for it
1: yeah yeah i I could see them wanting to be cautious with a card like this though so Mm -hmm. not oh i don't know because it's mostly an initiative card it's not so much a treasure card so maybe they should have pushed it a little more
0: Yeah, but they're, I don't know, they they seem very afraid of the initiative. I don't don't know what's going on.
1: maybe the initiative is, like, crazy. Maybe you're like, yeah, this (laughs) 4-1's gonna mess you up. (laughs) Maybe. Uh. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, we have one last card, and it is a doozy. So, this is Spectacular Showdown. This is a red sorcery. It costs one and a red, and it says, put a double strike counter on target creature, then goad each creature that has a double strike counter on it. Uh, Put onto it this way, sorry. Uh, and then it has overload for seven four, red, red, red. Um, so you double strike and goad everything for seven mana. But <laughs> so what do you how do you
0: feel about this? I think both of um I think both of these modes are pretty sweet. Uh like there's a lot of Voltron commanders out there. They're happy to get like permanent double strike for just two mana. That's pretty good rate it it doesn't stick around like through removal unfortunately unlike say like a a lizard blades but it's just still very efficient if you're going to be swinging in multiple times um and then like the overload just seems like it kills players or or like or at the very least like forces some really brutal combats on your opponent's side um yeah (laughs) yeah it's like a bloodbath yeah so i'm pretty i'm pretty into this card i would i think you probably have to just be running in voltron um because like i don't know if i would only plan to cast it for the overload Hmm. yeah um, absolutely i mean like i
1: have a deck right now that i know like isn't particularly voltron but is like red and like Putting d- a double strike counter on like my four, four menace commander, like pretty good. And then like the overload, <laughs> mm-hmm. very good. So yeah, I-, I think this goes into like a decent amount of decks. Um, I think it's pretty cool. All
0: right. And that is the end. So uh, I guess I want to get your overall thoughts on the set, on like the structure of the decks, um, on the themes they chose on the the number of staples being introduced how do you, how do you feel about this set of precons um
1: yeah, so uh my initial reaction when I saw the face commanders was just like kind of one word, it was just safe. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like this is fine, like these are fun, uh the exception being the faldorn who like is really cool, that's the the exile wolf commander mm-hmm. um but then, like, the staples. <laughs> then they, like, revealed some of the staples in the decks. And it's, like, there's a lot of, like, fun stuff. Like, for the most part, they erred on the side of caution, except for, like, some of the stuff in the party deck <laughs> that, like, mm. is absolutely, like, crazy. Deep Gnome Terramancer and the um, Black Market Black connections market, yeah. in particular are, like, very good. So, um, other than that, like, I think... These are really fun. I, I've really enjoyed the lists and the commanders that they've been putting together. Like, even, like I think the biggest miss lately was Chishiro or whatever, the snake modify guy, you know. But, like, the new capena commander decks, like, if you purchased one, even, like, one of the bad cabaret Goad ones, like, you could just start playing commander with your friends. And, like, the reprints in the deck, like, that there wasn't anything big money-wise, like you basically just there's not a lot of chaff, you know, um other than the mana bases. But um <laughs> that's a whole other topic. So I'm I'm into these decks. I think they're cool. Um I like seeing a lot of the new space that they're opening up and I think they've been doing in general a good job with the new cards. So um I I don't know. I guess I would rate these um at like like a solid Seven or something in <laughs> out of ten, uh like nothing super crazy, but very fun, and I'm I'm excited for them
0: Yeah, I I like the well, let me say that I don't think that the precons should be the place to inject new staples. Um, yeah, I think that they could have pretty easily fit deep known terramancer and black market connections into the main set. And if they were in there, then like, you know, there's more copies of them being open as people draft and, and play limited. Whereas as it is now, it's just like you're going to end up with very imbalanced um, pre-con costs. Like people who are interested in playing party are going to have a trouble getting a hold of one for a reasonable price because they've just got two potential new staples in a single deck um, alongside a lot of powerful reprints so i don't love that aspect of it overall i i like how they are continuing to add niche cards into the format um supporting party which you know didn't really go busters in yeah AFR. i really needed the help
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um similar like horror tribal there was basically no horror tribal effects before this set um so adding a couple neat little things like you know, all oh, my horrors are mana rocks, or my horrors can copy the spell a billion times. Okay, this is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I love Sonic Ritual for that reason. Like, I think that'll make that card alone like makes the horror deck like a lot more fun. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm super down for them to keep doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I I really really like the choosers and backgrounds in this set of pre-cons. I think, um, you know folk hero and especially haunted one. Really interesting. Excited to pair those with a lot of options. Um Barackos, I, I want to put him in a lot of different places. Um and I, I think there's just uh it really adds some robust options to this partner-esque mechanic. So really good job there. Uh, a lot of individually very cool cards. Um and I I think it's overall pretty solid i just don't agree with their strategy regarding cards that could potentially become new staples um and uh like you said the mana bases are not super even here yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um can i ask you a question uh just as like my last thought on these is like do you think that they realized these they had to have known that these cards could be staples right
0: I I'm sure I'm pretty sure like I think it was probably a matter of like wow black white doesn't have a ton of wizards we should probably print a new wizard and then it's like what should the new wizard do and like oh this is a design I've been trying to fit into places and I couldn't get into the main set so let's just put it on this white wizard here Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what happened but like the result is now there's only one place to get this this, this card white period. ramp cards. Like yeah. one of the best white ramp cards we've ever seen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep. Oh well. Well, um Yeah, I mean I I wanna wait to see if these follow the same trend as other decks where when the new set comes out, the previous sets, commander decks, drop in price massively. 'Cause because these have so many staples in them, this is the first time that like that might not be the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I I wanna see what happens because it might be a trend that is worth following. Like if you could just hold out against the FOMO, um, waiting a few months means that you'd end up saving a ton of money. So maybe. I it's hard to like say that, but overall, I like the decks. It sounds like you're generally high on them too and um i want to hear what listeners have to think too if you have like a spicy brew if you're like no no zach the uh grill philosopher is really great in this deck in particular i'd be like that is so cool and i will give you a shout out for sure because <laughs> i love stuff like that so um yeah i guess we did it we finally finished all of the Baldur's gate
0: content yeah. <laughs> we're gonna move on to some some more broad content for those who are looking for for general theory crafting Uh, but thank you all for sticking with us along this ride before we go i'm going to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav ryan addison rick rafael kyle laser charlotte the white clays hannah andy james logan roger evan bryce dylan benjamin jamie matthew kyle brandon kevin jeremy russell dylan john micah troy roxanne charles daniel andrew jason paul johan jonathan Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Frugal, Brutal, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Daniel, Ariel, Jean-Francois, Drew, and Recta. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com CommanderTheory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at CommanderTheory. And on Twitter, I am
1: at fatbartleby.
0: You can also email us at at commandertheory@gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud.
1: And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk pop punk band called the Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, You can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenauts.bandcamp.com. That is T H E H A V N A U T S.bandcamp.com and check us out. Let me know what you think.